Blog Talk Radio. Hey guys, and welcome to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is your host, Felicia DeRoser, my amazing co-host, Cross and Pongo. And we are so very, very glad to see you guys here today. Um, I am excited to be here. We are still trying to get our wonderful guest, Vanessa Hernandez, uh, on. We're having a couple of technical difficulties, but we're working on it for you. We've got a great Bible study for you today. We're going to be talking in the actually same scripture as we were yesterday in John. And um, (coughs) pardon me, I hope that we have some unique insights there for you. And um, then hopefully, as long as we get everything working out right, we have a guest testimony, right? So um, lots planned for you today. As always, we're going to go ahead and start out um, with a few commercials just to make sure that you know, everybody's able to keep the station running, so uh, let's look for those commercials right now, and then uh, we'll start out with, with prayer and all that good stuff, okay? Uh, let's, we'll see you right after the break. That's right. The Jokers and Jesters Comedy Tour is back on the road. We are currently promoting our second Amazon Prime special, Jokers and Jesters, the next special. We will be touring small towns across this great country of ours. So for our tour date, follow us on Facebook at Jokers and Jester Comedy Tour or at our website, jokersandjester.com. It's a great night of music, laughter, and magic. Don't miss us as we come to a small town near you. Please check out the Barefoot is Legal radio show right here on Saturdays, 1.30 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that is 10.30 a.m. to noon Pacific Time, as we show you all about your barefoot rights and living a barefoot lifestyle. And for more information about the 501c3 nonprofit Barefoot is Legal, please check out barefootislegal.org. Please check out the Proof Negative radio show Monday through Thursday, 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern, that is 6 to 9 p.m. on the Pacific Coast, with excellent co-host, outstanding guests, and lots of great conversation. We can even take your calls. The number is 319-527-6208, and just press lucky number one, and you will be on the Proof Negative radio show. All right, peace. Well, guys, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. We're so excited. We did get our special guest, Vanessa Hernandez. She was able to call in. Everybody say hi, Vanessa. That was hi. that was a very quiet hi. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's like, hi. <laughs> the tiniest hi ever. You know, we're homeschoolers over here, and 9 a.m. is an early, early hour for my son. So dog said hi, too. The dog, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. He might get ejected if he gets noisy. So, all right. Mm -hmm. Well, let's get started on um, our our deal is we always do our Bible study first, right? Yep. 
So let's get started on the Bible studies. We have plenty of time for our guest testimony. Would you like to pray us in cross? That's my job. That's my job is scouts as well. And it's 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 one of your jobs because you do it well. Go ahead. Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you that uh, you let us do the show, and we hope that it goes well and that the guest testimony goes well and that we all have a fun time. Just name it. Amen. Amen. It's always a good day when we start out with technical difficulties, right? It actually is like that's that's usually our signal that our show is going to be really really awesome is that we have some sort of epically proportioned uh, difficulty in in the beginning or in the middle or in the end. So uh, one time, one time the power just in this room just went out or the Wi-Fi did. No, it was just it was the Wi-Fi, but it was it was legitimately only in this room. It was kind of. So um, the Wi-Fi was working just fine for my daughter, who was doing school in the other room. But for us, we kept losing connection. So, um, that is you know, crazy. you always know something awesome is happening, right? Yeah. I always know something <laughs> awesome is happening. And I am still just kind of getting over that cold. I'm going to try not to soften the mic too much. But let's start out with some scripture, shall we? We're actually going to be talking about the same scripture we did last week. So if you joined us last week, we're still going to be in the same scripture because you know me, I'm not in a hurry to get through the book, but I want to glean all of the different messages that the Lord is giving us and the things that God's teaching us. I want to get as much of that out of the scripture as I possibly can. So we're going to start out again in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Verses 1 through 5, if you um, are at all interested in, you know, when the Gospel of John was written by whom and why, all those good things that we normally go over when we're first starting a book, that is all in our last episode. And you can catch that on Spotify, any major uh, podcasting platform, uh, Apple Podcasts, and also on YouTube. So. If you need to get caught up on that, you can go and check that out later. Yeah, we're YouTubers now. I mean, I, I don't know that I would qualify us as YouTubers. We have like an audience of four there. But um, so to, to be fair, we do wear our – I do wear my school uniform. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, yeah, he's still in jail. Not, not to brag. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and start with the scripture. Do you want to read that nice and loud for us right into the light? Well, I got it pulled up. John 1, 1 through 5, the word became flesh. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and life was, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay, and that is such a powerful opening for the book of John. I love how he, like, rolls out with some concepts. Um, really, really hardcore. And when we talked about why the Gospel of John was written, um, we were able to kind of di- dissect some of the reasons why he came out just like so, so, so fervently with the topics that he came out with. But that is just so rich with meaning. Talks about Jesus as the Word, and he was with God, and he was God. Um, and so by describing Jesus is the word. John reveals a great deal about both who Jesus is and the nature of God the Father, as well as his relationship with his son. So we're going to kind of deep dive in, and I'm going to kind of hop, skip over some of the things that we talked about 
last week because we did a whole half hour on that, right? So we'll just kind of briefly mention it so that if you didn't join us last week, you won't think I'm just skipping it. I'll let you know, but um, but then we'll we'll talk in depth about some of the other things that we didn't get a chance to get to. So to begin with, uh, if we check out Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, which we did look this over last week, um, we can see that Jesus is this powerful creative force that God used to speak forth all of creation into existence. Do you want to read those verses for us again? Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Now, of course, that goes on and on and on and on, right? It, and it continues to tell us a little bit about how God um, creates the whole world. But, but how does it say in Genesis that he does it? He speaks, right? He's not, like, building them, like, Legos. Right, right, right. He, he's not in there, like, you know, crafting things with the exception of Adam, right? Creation. And so by describing Jesus as the word, John has kind of pulled back this curtain of eternity and revealed how God did it, you know, um, which has been a mystery for thousands of years, okay? And, and he did it through this creative force of speaking forth the word, but the word was Jesus. Now, I'm going to make a connection, which I made last week, Okay, and so I, I just want to kind of mention this again because it's one of my favorite scriptures where it comes to talking about Jesus before Jesus has become flesh, okay? This is written hundreds of years before Jesus ever walks the earth, um, and that is Proverbs eight twenty two through 31, and I've got it right here so you don't have to worry about that one. Um, you can go here, though. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago, I was set up at first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills were brought forth, before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above and established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned the seas to its limit so that the waters may not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman. I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in the inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. Um, clearly that, that, uh, scripture talks about Jesus in this state before before he's incarnate and before, before he existed. But, well, well, before we existed, okay. And it's talking about how he existed before this, this whole begetting of Jesus, which the Bible doesn't really detail how God begets the Son, right? But but it does detail that he was begotten and it was before creation. Um, and that he was there as his master workman. So all of creation is coming from the word of God and through his creativity, his power, 
um, his fingertips per se. Okay, like you know, I don't know how much DIYing he was doing, but but it was there, right? Okay. And earlier, when you say he created Adam, really, he just like threw some dirt up, up in the air and was just like human. Do, do you think that's how it works? <laughs> We're gonna have to ask. Oh, we're gonna be like, did you just like talk it up, or like was it more like Play Doh? Like, like Play Doh, like right, right, right. How did this work? I I don't know, but I still always have this theory about when there's there's a story in the New Testament when when Jesus heals somebody's eyes, and he makes like mud pies. Yeah, and I always think to myself, like, I mean, he created everything, and since Adam was made of dirt, like, was he making him brand new eyes? Like, I just wonder. Like, like maybe he's <laughs> taking in new eyes. I don't know. <laughs> I <have questions laughs> when I get to heaven, what the then? I I don't know. Like maybe he just like reshaped them or resurfaced. I don't know. Like I'm just saying, I have questions when I get to heaven. So okay, moving forward. <laughs> in case y'all thought I had it all figured out, I do not. Okay. So I won't belabor all this point because we did hit on it last week. But bear in mind as we move forward that Jesus is fully God and full of the same power and glory as the Father. The Bible has a lot to say about the importance of words, not the least of which we find in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Do you want to read that for us? I do. I'm I didn't have the right one. Um <laughs> A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Well, that's true, isn't it? Um, and so uh, we also have in Colossians here, I'm trying to pull up the verse so that you don't have to do them all. Um, Colossians verse 15, if you're following along with the Bible. Uh, Colossians verse 1 Sorry, chapter 1, verse 15 through 16. Um, this is talking about how Jesus is the image of God. So the verse that you just read, I think a lot of people are familiar with it, uh, reading something like, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. I don't know which translation you're in today. I'm in an IV. You're in an IV. So, um, but the Bible is pretty clear that the words that we speak are reflective of our hearts, right? Um, here we're talking about the preeminence of Christ. And it says in, um, again, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 16, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So um, this indicates that Jesus is, in fact, the truest representation of God, and as God's word, Jesus's words and actions, as we see it on earth, demonstrate God the Father's nature and character in a way that we never have seen any other time. Um, and I want to pause here a little bit because I just want to check in and see. Um, Vanessa's been quiet. Uh, did you have anything that you wanted to add or, um, you know? Uh, put in there that it's okay if you don't but if you do I want to make sure that I slow down enough for other people to speak (laughs) now I I actually you know can you hear me go ahead go ahead I'm sorry I'm having trouble hearing you but I'm going to turn it way up um no I actually um it's amazing how um God from the very beginning and Jesus is there and, and just crafting it all so 
um, it just speaks to the power and um, Jesus knowing it, knowing us all. So um, it's amazing, and um, I, I can't wait for the rest of the sort of the study. So uh, I'm just listening in. <laughs> Great. Now I'm 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 hoping anyone could hear us because apparently we were off mic. Um, yay. <laughs> not, not a yay, but I'm, I'm sure you can hear us better now, right? <laughs> wow. Um, again, it's always a good study when we're, when we're like, oh, goodness, okay, we're having some tech difficulties over here. Okay, so um, basically we we can suddenly see with Jesus things that we could never see before. Um, think about how difficult it would have been following God, not having access to scriptures yourself all the time, you know, only when you go to the temple, right? Not really knowing God's character, you know, just knowing like the famous stories of, of, of folklore basically, right? Um, how difficult would it have been to really know the heart of God? Um, and especially, you know, if you think about Old Testament times, we're talking that there's a lot of legalism, there's a lot of rules to follow and laws to follow. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is that at the end of the day, the Bible is all about the, the loving heart of God. And it, it probably would, would have been really hard to get to that uh, any other way. So let's find out what we learn through Jesus as God's word. When John kind of pulls back this curtain of heaven, we see what real goodness looks like with the way that the Father and the Son treat each other. And we learn what holy really means. And we learn about a radical goodness beyond what we know here on our, in our fallen world. So first let's talk about unity, okay? <laughs> the Bible has a lot to say about unity, and I didn't really realize this, I think, until we started studying Romans, just how much it talks about unity. And there's a real reason why. Um, and so the, the father and son work unity together. Let's check that out in uh, John chapter 14, verses 16, uh, sorry, verses 6 through 11. Um, so for context, this is Jesus answering Thomas's question, doubting Thomas. Um, he said, Lord, you do not know where you're going. Can you show us the way? Jesus, and now we're beginning scripture. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, you, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words that I say do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living me who is doing his work. Okay, so these things, like, always for me. Um, because I don't think myself, I don't have this kind of unity and submission to anybody. Okay? To say, <laughs> to say I only do and say what the Father says to do and say is, like, wow. I, I guess I talk a lot. Like, I can... <laughs> I can think of myself maybe maybe at some level like only doing what the father says, but only saying what the father says. I'm like, whoa, that's 
that's a level of self-control I'm just not quite sure I possess. You know what I okay, mean? Okay, to be fair, though, I also talk too much when I speak, so I can work <laughs> on overtime. You know, you, you've got the gift of the gab from your mom, right? Um, you come by it, You come by it fairly. So it's incredible to think about how there are not two wills struggling against each other. Clearly, Jesus and the Father are distinct, um, but there's no jealousy, there's no competition, and it's not because the Father is somehow domineering over his son, but the Son loves the Father and delights in doing his will. We don't see this kind of unity between people anywhere on earth, like, you know, we talk about unity in marriage, but I can tell you from being married, that's not it. <laughs> like, like, we try. Hey, your dad listens to the VA's episode. I, I, he knows. I'm a strong-willed woman, okay? He knows, all right? And well, then, that's all we're going to say right here. Right. Like, you know, pray for my husband. Um, he is a sage of a man. Um, and then, you know, we're supposed to be unified in the church, right? But do we see that demonstrated in the church, this this unity and there's no struggle like no there's there are still wills involved and there's a lot of people who think a lot of things and and we're not all submitted in full unity to the holy spirit much less to one another um so it's an incredible thing to see Uh, it's so incredible we almost don't recognize it we're almost like you know there there's discussion about the trinity being like literally the same person because it's so seamless we we don't we can't wrap our heads around the concept you know what i mean that that the son is so submitted to the father's will that he never does or says anything that he doesn't right that's crazy that's crazy that's amazing um so the closest thing i think that we can think of in our real world okay is like a child performing tricks like cartwheels in front of their dad hey dad watch me do a cartwheel and they flip cartwheels to see the pleasure on their dad's face and to see them clap and be proud of them, right? You know, oh, hey, dad, let me sing you a song, right? Or, um, hey, dad, in your case, let me shoot some baskets for you. Let me show you what I can do. And, and you're doing it primarily to see the joy and the pleasure that your dad has for you, you know, when you do that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and right now, Cross is like, hey, mom, watch me make the dog smile in goofy ways. (laughs) (laughs) Same sort of thing, bro. You're on the right concept there, okay? Um, So uh, did you have anything you wanted to pop in and say about unity there, Vanessa? You know what? It's amazing because part of the, my, my testimony, too, talks in regards to this, especially um, there's a verse that always pops um, when I'm feeling, like, lonely or when I'm feeling like I don't know what what to pray for or what to even speak. And um, the Lord has, through the Holy Spirit, joined us in this unity as well. And it's so amazing that he makes us part of that. That unity. So um, in Romans eight twenty six and twenty seven, uh, let me just go there real quick. Which I was going to share part, as part of the testimony too, but so I'll probably share again. Um, but it says, let me get there. Um, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our uh, weakness. 
For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings not be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us um, believers in harmony with God's own will. And so we see that unity again. Um, not only in God, within God the Father and, and Jesus the Son, but also the Holy Spirit. But he takes it even oh. a step further to where he also joins us into that unity. And that's just love and, and mercy and grace from God. Amazing, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's the reason why we're supposed to learn to walk in the Spirit, right? And it's crazy yes. to me that... It's the same Holy Spirit that was present in, you know, the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter and in Jesus when he's baptized. Like, mm-hmm. we're not connecting with some junior Holy Spirit, but it's the fullness of God residing within us. And it's, yes. Holy Spirit, no, there's, there's no Holy Spirit junior just for you, buddy. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's always the fullness of God, which is just incredible. So um, thank you for sharing that. I think that was a great point. Um, Let's move on to another thing that we learn um, about God and his heart, God the Father, right, where we can finally, for the first time in the, you know, since the Garden of Eden, see the heart of God, and that is humility. Um, I think you have a scripture pulled up for us. I do. Uh, Philippians, um, I have it. I have it. I have it abbreviated to Philip, and I was about to call it Philip. That's not a book in the Bible. Um, he was an apostle, though. He was. I got confused. So Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. All right. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, making being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on, even death on the cross. Like, I'm not going to lie. When I started doing this part of the study, like, I personally was holding back tears. Like, really, can you imagine what Jesus gave up to show up here for you and I? He wrote himself into his own play, right? Um, <clears throat> that was a comment just for me. Yeah, no, actually, I mean, it is, but it isn't. Okay. So um, I actually saw um, a quote from C.S. Lewis when he was talking about um, how a person gets to relate to God isn't the same way that, and I'm paraphrasing here because I didn't memorize the quote, but it's not the same way that a person who lives on the downstairs flat would relate to the person in the upstairs flat, right? Um because we'd have to go beyond human existence. It would be the same way that Hamlet from the Shakespearean play, Hamlet, would relate to Shakespeare. How would he know the writer of the play? How would he know the author unless the author wrote himself into the play, which Shakespeare never does? So the characters within his play... Claudia, none of these people know him. None of them know him, and they don't really know anything about the heart of the author because he didn't write himself into his play, but that's exactly what God does. He's Maybe like all the characters in my play right now. Right, right. Because Cross Cross is uh, working on a play right now. He is 
um, in the Rainbow Company's production of Let's Do About Nothing, which will open in February. So if you're local, you can go see him. Um, like, oh, Dogberry, I know you've got, I know you've got the most fans, so maybe everybody will come see you for your play. But um, I'm pretty sure. So, um, but you know, there's a separate cross page all the cross pro- fans probably all the cross fans. Yes, but. Um, so we think a lot of times of humility as me not thinking more of myself than I should. But that's really not what humility is. Jesus held nothing back to shower us with grace and love. He left his glory and divine splendor, which was his birthright, um, to enter into his own creation, walking onto stage just as if Shakespeare had written himself into Hamlet. He didn't come in splendor on top of that. He wasn't born like a king, but was born under the circumstances of an unwed mother and in the squalor of a stable, like the worst possible circumstances you could possibly think of getting born into in Judea at the time of his birth, right? This is not good. Uh, Some people that I've uh, talked about the Bible with, they're just like, stable, I'm not seeing the connection here. What's up with the hay? I'm like, so guy was born in a barn, like right. all the animals just in full swing, like all the animals are being stored there, there's hay, there's uh trough. Right, I'm gonna guess they had to scoop some some um duty out of the way so that they could actually walk to, to get things done. Like like this is like the worst. It's like being born in a toilet, like I mean, you know, it's 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 definitely not ideal circumstances for a king to be born, right? But much less, not just a king, but he's he's Lord of the universe. But he's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He is above everybody. Better this than dead. Okay, but but <laughs> but Caesar's is that good. Right. Cause think about the gifts that he was given by the Magi. Like he was born to die. Like he came in. And he gets wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in the manger just like a sacrificial lamb. There's like this acknowledgement from the moment of his birth that his ultimate destiny is death and death on a cross to be able to pay for the sin of the world. So it, it's unfathomable that the unfathomable is without that. It's if you've never it's seen Megamind, okay. Anyway, <laughs> we have problems. I'm sad that happens if you have to laugh. Right? I guess if I get too serious, I have to throw in a joke, right? Okay. Um, but his 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 death even lacks that pomp and circumstance that even an earthly king would have had, um, much less the eternal God of the universe. Instead, he proposes to us, offering us an eternity in heaven with him, to anyone who would respond to his offer of grace and love. But the price of that proposal is his own life through the shame of the cross. Like, it it was excruciating. It was embarrassing. He was stripped nude in front of everyone. He was mocked. People spit in his face. You know, he was beaten and bruised. And Um, the cat of nine tails that. So, like, he's... Uh, he only has, like, half of his skin. Sure. Like, like this was not one of those deaths that you're like, you know. The, the, oh, it's over quickly. No. There was, there was no dignity in the way that he was to die. 
Like, literally, God's like, I, I would rather die this horrible death than live eternity without you. And there's a level of humility that, like, we as people, when we're trying to be humble, are so egotistical to think that we should try to be humble. You know? <laughs> like, like, we are humble. Um, you know, there, there is, there's, there's not a way for us because we don't have the same sort of, of, of birthright that Jesus has to, mm-hmm. to understand the humility that he possessed. It's incredible. And also that he could reach out to you and I so that he would be able to spend eternity with us. And I have a feeling Vanessa has more to say. So I'm going to uh, step back for a second and let her have the mic there. No, and you know what? Um, it's not funny, but um, I I still can't wrap my head around that. How how does think of any king who who humanly is willing to become a commoner, per se, and and live amongst um, among the commoners and in their lifestyle? Who who would be willing? Like n- none of us, nobody, and we haven't heard of anybody do it. Um, and and God Himself, who is who is the Almighty, ultimate God, um, did that for us. He and He did it in a way. Um, I just love how He He's always questioned and He's always um, like, "Who do you say you are?" and and how dare you say that? But He all He always even speaking to to Pilate and speaking to um, anyone who questioned him, the Pharisees, he was very humble in speaking to them. He was never, um, he never let his, his rightful um, godly position go above them. Do you know what I mean? Like he right. spoke to them right. in a humble way. And he was right. meek because, to them. Right, because if you look at Job and how God addresses Job, <laughs> <laughs> like like that's that's the way he should have been addressing everyone, you know, like like yeah. you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You know how so much. Right. Like right. to me, so it would be I, like, I, do you know who you're talking to? As a mom, it's like, do you know who you're talking to? I'm your mom. Yes. Like. <laughs> You right, how right, talk right. to even me like our, that. <laughs> right. Even with our kids, we're like, whoa, step off. Do you remember who you're addressing here? You know, and, yeah. and then, you know, I, and, and Jesus did not pull the God card out, right? He he didn't pull out Never. and be like, so. I like the disappointed card. I'm not mad. I'm just so disappointed. Oh, wow. Is that what I do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Okay. Note to self. All right. Also, also, um, I learned in a Wannis class that uh, we're learning about the attributes of God. And I'm thinking, well, Jesus, when he became human, had to give all this up. He had to give up uh, being omniscient, being all-knowing, uh, being omnipresent. He could be everywhere. Like, uh, Right, right. He had to give up certain attributes. He emptied himself is the biblical term, right, of, right. of his divinity. And um, it's really crazy to me because uh, one time the disciples asked him when the end time should be. He said, I don't know. Like, yeah. he didn't know. Right. Because he couldn't lie. 
On the other hand, I think it would really suck to interact with humans on the earth if you knew what they were thinking about you. You know what really suck? <laughs> you know, what? Like, what? Being Jesus' brother. Oh, like, yeah. Being like, why can't you be more why like Jesus? Why can't you just be more like Jesus? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, that, that would be tough. I, I hope Mary was yes. nice to those kids. <laughs> yeah, James, I'm sorry. Yes. I know, right? Okay, so we're running over time, so let's run through the last couple, okay? Um, Well, we're having fun today, so let's talk about submission, okay? Ooh, that's like the big S word in the church. Nobody likes to hear about submission, right? Um, So our Bible verse... Nobody likes to hear about submission anywhere, to be honest. That's true. So our Bible verse is uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 24 through 28. Already got it pulled up. How convenient. Uh, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself who put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself will be made subject to him who put everything under him so that God may be all in all. Right. So so Jesus came to put the house in order, and when the house is in order, he returns it back to the authority of God, and he puts himself under um, God's authority as well. Although Jesus is equal to the Father, in the end he will lovingly and willingly submit all things to the Father, just as he always has. Um, and I also want to pull up John uh, chapter 5:19 really quick that I want to read to you, Um, and this is uh, Jesus talking about his own authority. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you that the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. And then he also addresses this. I know, right? Like, if it comes out of Jesus' mouth, what can I say? He addresses this Mm -hmm. again in John chapter 6, and we're looking at verse 38. For I have, and this is also Jesus speaking, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Mm. I'm pretty sure we were created to do the will of him who sent me too. So um, that's like a whole other thing, right? Um, Now this next verse, I don't think that we have to even look up. I'm pretty sure we'll all know it. Um, because the other thing that Jesus displays of the Father's character is his love, which is best outlined in John 3.16, which says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Ta-da! He's like, he's like oh, man, how does that start, right? <laughs> Yeah, we all know that. It's usually the very first verse that all of us memorize, right? Because it, it just is like the heart of the gospel. And it's at the root of the gospel. One of the big questions that people are left with is why Jesus came to die. Um, why was why did Jesus do it so willingly? God's love is a radical kind of love that is so deeply sacrificial that the literal understanding is that God would rather live as a human and die as a criminal, then live eternally without you. Um, That's incredible. And when God pulls back the curtains of eternity to reveal who Jesus really is and the truest representation of God's heart, as we understand this, it begs a question. What do we do 
now that we know who Jesus is and what the Father's heart is, and how are we going to respond like, to that? Like, seriously, he gave us Pringles and Boba in heaven. Because those are heavenly. You better hope there's Pringles and Boba in heaven, or you're going to starve. I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to starve, otherwise. We have problems. Oh, my <laughs> so, okay. Anyway. <laughs> Did anybody have anything they wanted to add to that? Because that's kind of the end of the Bible study for today. Um, if not, we'll just cut to commercial, and that's okay. Anybody? Do you have anything to add there, Bo? Nope. No, Vanessa, are we good? Very good. Yeah, We're good. We're good. Oh, great. Well, I hope everybody heard the first little. Like mic drop. It wasn't, that, it wasn't my mic drop. I, I, believe me, it was Jesus' mic drop. I, I did nothing except read his word and, and say this is what he said. So. Yeah, um, okay. yeah I'll, I'll do it for you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, so so he uh, cross-just mic-dropped for Jesus, just so you guys know. Okay. <laughs> awesome. So we're going to cut to commercial break for about three minutes. We'll come back, and we will talk to Miss Vanessa about her testimony. I'll give her a much more proper introduction, and I can't wait to hear how God's <laughs> moved in your life. So we will see you in just a couple of minutes. We all know Yay. that times are tough and things are really expensive right now. So why not save a little bit of your wallet as well as the landfill? Marty.com carries high-quality products at low, low prices, sometimes up to 70% off of retail. I just got a wonderful package of beef jerky for one cent sent to my house through Marty.com. Marty.com offers high-quality products at discount prices. Why? Well, sometimes products are seasonal or overstocked or packaging just changes. It's still great quality food, but it's going to end up in the landfill if we don't find some way to distribute it. And leave that to Marty.com. Now, if you want to save a little extra today, you can get $20 off your first order by going to our Facebook group for Dynamic Word Bible Studies and picking up a discount code there. So check out Dynamic Word Bible Studies at Facebook and find Marty.com on our comments. You'll be able to get this free discount code. It's going to give you $20 off, and it's also a great way to support our show and to keep those landfills light, and to save some money in your wallet. And I'm all about saving money. So check out Marty.com. Just as ungrounded signals wreak havoc on radio communications, there's growing concern that because we are not grounded, we absorb tremendous amounts of electromagnetic radiation from our modern devices. EMF stands for electromagnetic field. We are all immersed in electromagnetic fields from Wi-Fi, from the wiring in our homes, and it disturbs our electrical balance. We get charged. Inside of our bodies, we get electrically charged. Some people have as much as 20 volts on their bodies, and that's not good for you. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Did you know that every time you swipe your debit card, those behind-the-scenes transaction fees make the big banks 
even richer? In 2016 alone, these fees added up to $60 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. Well, what if there was a way to have the convenience of a debit card, but reroute those fees from the banksters to organizations actually doing good in the world? Organizations that protect the environment or feed hungry children? What if your swipes could literally change the world? Well, Groundswell SPC has found a way to do just that. We've designed a Visa debit card program that shares transaction fees with your favorite cause. Groundswell partners with nonprofit organizations that promote the card to their supporters. Their supporters then use the card to power the mission of the nonprofit. It's a win-win-win for everyone, except the big banks, of course. Groundswell is about to launch its first cards into market, and we're inviting you to be part of this movement as an investor in the company. Go to WeFunder.com backslash Groundswell card to learn more. Set up a free WeFunder account and invest in Groundswell today and get your money on mission. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. This is Beth, Felicia, if you're just joining us, my amazing co-host, Cross. And Pongo. And Pongo is here. Um, just in case you guys uh, need to know, we do have a chat room open in case you have any questions. Um, and we have an amazing guest who's going to share her testimony. So I want to give her a full introduction. We've been talking to Vanessa Hernandez all this time. She's had so many great insights into our Bible study. Um, I love it when people have um, stuff to add that I didn't, like, come up with in my own Bible study. I'm like, Oh, the Holy Spirit shows up and speaks through people, and it's amazing. Um, she was actually born in Central America in Nicaragua and came to know Christ at the age of 14. Um, she married her high school sweetheart for almost 21 years. Isn't that so cute? I love it. Mm-hmm. And um, she's a mom to four kids and a grandmother to four kids because, you know, like when we do good things, like we just keep multiplying it, right? She loves arts and crafts, which means that she makes the world a more beautiful place just by being here. I'm a little jealous of that because no matter what I tell my hands to do, it never comes out quite the way that it should. Um, And she also uses those talents for photography to capture a moment in time. The Lord has given her a special love for children and youth kids, right? Um, and she's been involved in children's ministry since she was a teenager and is now serving at the youth ministry at Spring Valley Baptist Church for the past seven years. So ironically, and I'm going to, so yeah, so I'm going to tell you the crazy thing here is that, um, and, and I know you don't know my daughter, uh, Mariah, but she joined us last season. So we've had guests that, you know, have been brought in by all of us, right? This is, I think, the first time that we've ever had a guest on the show that you knew before me. Oh. That's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. Nice. Actually, Cross <laughs> knows you a lot better than I do. Um, so I am so excited to hear I your testimony. I was actually the one who had the idea to bring Miss Ellie Young. So. Yes, but I knew her before you were born, baby. I mean, true. But I, <laughs> she I was wanting her on there for such a long time. Yes, you did line her up. That was awesome. So, but she's the first guest of 2024. And she is the first guest of 2024 and the first guest of the new season. Yes. So those are all very special distinctions. So 
I'm so excited to hear your testimony and how God's worked in your life. So I'm going to roll back. It's hard for a radio show host to do, but I'm going to sit back and I'm going to quiet down just a little bit. And I just want to hear how God's worked in your life, okay? Oh, it's it's been an amazing journey for sure. So um, thank you for that introduction, Felicia and Cross. Um, we've known we've known Cross for a couple of years now, I want to say. You guys have come a couple of times to to our youth group, so I I enjoy both of your kids. Um, oh, happy! But yes, of course they. I I've I've always loved how um, how much they share their love for God. So I I absolutely have enjoyed them. I I noticed those little things. Um, so I I truly can say that. Um, it's very visible their relationship with God. So amazing. Oh, with that, awesome, awesome. <laughs> with that, um, like Felicia said, my name is Vanessa Hernandez. I was born in Central America, so Nicaragua, where Catholicism is the religion of uh, dominance in, in my country. So I want to start my testimony with my first encounter with Jesus. You see, when I was about three years old, I remember the traditional celebration in my country of baby Jesus or El Niño Jesús, more commonly talked about around Christmas time. So I remember wondering who this baby Jesus uh, I hear so much about is and wondering if he was real or just something people talked about. Um, As I grew older, I started asking God, whom I did not know who he was or even if he existed, about his existence. And if he was real, how would I know that for certain? Um, So I remember visiting a church um, several times in my childhood, not very much. Um, I remember mostly my mom taking me to church. And what I remember standing out the most is the statues of saints on the left and right walls of the church. And I also wondered um, who they were and what, um, what made them saints or who would name them to be saints. Um, as you can probably tell, I've always been a very uh, overthinker and overtalker, probably. <laughs> so my parents never really knew, though, I had these thoughts or questions. I don't remember having a conversation with my parents or asking them that. Of course, I probably might have been too little, and who knows, right? But um, so I don't really remember asking them either. And I just remember asking the one I was not sure even existed. Um, So when I was seven years old, uh, we migrated to the U.S. And once here, I always felt the desire to seek God and know more about God and to go to church. So I started going to classes to do my first communion. And for those of you who know um, the Catholicism um, religion, you know what that means and which caused me to be, uh, to have even more questions, right? So I wondered who this priest was, whom I should confess my most deepest secrets of sin was. How did he um, have the divine authority to dictate what prayers and how many I should do to, uh, for true forgiveness? Was that enough? Was I truly forgiven? Um, why... Why uh, would I need to talk to him or pray to a saint? Why couldn't I just go straight to God? 
These were a mm. few of the many questions um, I had. During this time, my parents went through a divorce, and my life was flipped upside down for a few years. So I was not taken to church for a while, and um, we then moved to Las Vegas in an unexpected way, which um, that's a long story, too, when I was 12 um, years old, which caused the beginning of my rebel teenage years or started or this whole situation started at the beginning of my rebel teenage years. Um, during this time, my mom and stepdad became worried about the path I had taken and enrolled me in a private Christian school because this should solve the problem. I was mad, and I promised not, no matter what, they would not change me. So our curriculum was biblically based with scripture, memorization, and my parents were required to attend church in order for me to stay enrolled in their school. So my parents started getting home visits to teach them God's word, not me, but God's word is not void. So I started asking some of my childhood questions to, um, to the church members that would come and visit. And the Lord's calling was very clear to me. I soon after accepted Christ, and my walk with him began. At this time of my life, I was dating whom now is my husband of almost 21 years, but because we were only 14 years old, we were not guided and much less supported by our church and by the private school. As a matter of fact, we were expelled a couple of times. (laughs) So, Through Jesus, I was convicted that it was not God's will for our relationship to continue and definitely not God's timing right at this moment, right? Um, So I broke off the relationship in obedience to the Lord, knowing or fearing that it would be the end of that relationship. Little did I know. Here we are 21 years later. Um, So... Then my life took a a small but very significant detour. A few months after the breakup, I ran away from home and uh, was shunned from my church. Rumors rumors started that I had run away because I was pregnant and no one, I mean no one, was allowed to speak to me. My mom, with tears in her eyes and very persistently, um, tried to hand me my Bible with uh, the items I went to pick up but I did not want to take it. I ran away only to fall right back into a much worse situation, a relationship and sin. I was ashamed, not even, not even wanting to look at the Bible, so I hid it in the top left corner of my closet, but every night I would look up to the closet and was reminded I was drifting away from God. As a result of that relationship, I had my first child and became very aware of my distance from Christ. My walk had taken me far from home, far from my Heavenly Father, and far from my um, Lord and Savior. Because of my sin and distancing from God, I fell into depression and shame to the point that I became suicidal and um, taking my life was not enough. I also wanted to take my daughter's life. I wanted to take her um, with me. Let me walk you through my thought process, though. Um, I was too afraid that uh, she would grow up and not be saved. So taking her with me assumed, um, or I assumed, 
or assured, I'm sorry, I assure, was assured that she would go to heaven as she was too little to know right from wrong and make that and have to make that decision. So I didn't want her to grow up and not receive Christ. Um, once oh. again, I was lost. By this point, I had some wounds, many in fact, since I had wandered away from God's protection. And he never left me even when I left him. He placed an amazing godly woman in my life that had met me at church and thought how mature in Christ I was for my age. At the time, um, she would wonder, at the same time, she would wonder and ask me uh, why I had wandered so far away from him. She babysat my daughter and got to know me more than she ever did when we went to church together. She dedicated so much time and nurturing me and with love, and her husband ministered to me just as much by allowing her to spend time with me, even when it was late at night, and I was taking time from them as a couple and as a family. Um, I remember him so lovingly because of how much um, he could have easily said, Vanessa, you know what, like, it's, it's time to go. It's like 1136. What are you doing in my house? Um, but he didn't. He he was always so loving, and he'd always come and say good night, Vanessa, and give and kiss his wife good night, and not even bother thinking, you know, what time are you are you coming to bed? Like it's it's late at night. So he also ministered to me in a way that he never knew. Um, this godly woman taught me uh, many things: how to be a submissive wife, a loving mother, and and discipled me. She rebuked me in a loving and non-judging way. When she realized my suicidal thoughts, she spoke to me in a loving and encouraging way. She constantly reminded me, "You are a child of God. You know Christ. Your Father is waiting for you with arms wide open, but not right now. Not by taking the life." that you think is yours for your life no longer belongs to you since the moment you surrendered it to him. It is not yours to take away, or do you think you're ready to face him and be held accountable? I knew then I was not ready at all. Um, So she'd always remind me and and make me think. And I, I want to say, you know, the Lord just put her there because I have to remind you, the church was not allowing anyone to speak to me. Um, and right. she went against that and and still spent time with me. But if it wasn't because of her, and, and I know for a fact that she was placed specifically in, in that moment, in that time by God, who knows where I would be, right? Because of this woman of and of God, who was obedient to her calling of discipling the younger women of her church, as God's word tells us in Titus 2, 4 through 5, which I'll read. These older women um, must train the younger women to love their husbands and, and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes, to do good, and to be submissive to their husbands. Then they will not bring shame on the word of God. And I can tell you now, she still does this. Um, any she she moves on from like okay, I discipled this girl now I'm gonna she's good and she's always seeking the next person she can disciple, and she does it in a in such a subtle way. It's not like okay let's sit down let's read the Bible. Um, no, she does it in in uh, 
with her testimony, with her life, and and that's something that we need to see as as uh, Christ followers that our own life, Jesus is enough to shine through and and us be of testimony to those around us. Um, So if it wasn't because of her, I wouldn't be standing here before you today. I pray that knowing how this woman of God touched my life with her testimony and her love for Christ would encourage you to action. Um, Keep your heart and eyes open to God's calling on who he wants you to share his word with. So now moving on to like life in Christ now, when I'm asked to share my testimony, it's sometimes difficult to find which part of my life I want to share. Uh, You see, the longer I walk with Christ, the more I realize how much he loves us. As I think back to when I was a child, uh, wondering who God was and if he was even real, the more uh, aware I become of how much he sought after me. His presence in my life was just so vivid and so real. In every biblical verse memorized, he has become more and more real, especially in these moments of loneliness when all you can hear is his voice, even through the noise of your situation. I praise God for the gift of salvation through Jesus in my life, for the constant reminders through his word of who he is, his human example of what it took or what it looks like to walk in obedience. Seeing his hand in my life, even when I had drifted away from him, he never leaves me. My prayer for this part of my life um, testimony is that you may see Jesus as the word that he is, And we um, are reminded in John 1.1, as uh, Felicia and our cross read earlier today. Scripture um, that answered my childhood questions was um, John 14.6, which reads, and and that's funny that cross read it as well. Um, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes um, to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Um, so I don't, um, I don't need to come to anyone else but Jesus. No priest, no saint. I can go straight to him. And that's just a huge blessing in itself. The, the moment I realized that, I was just, I was in awe. I was in awe, and I and I just couldn't believe it that a God, our God, is so willing and reachable, and and He's there for whenever we want to speak to Him. We don't have to go through hoops and hurdles to get to Him. Um. So First Timothy two five um, teaches us about you know the testimony of this godly woman in my life and how we're supposed to invest in, in um, the lives of others. Um, so in my loneliness, Romans eight twenty six through 27, which I'll read again for you guys. Uh, we read it earlier when we were talking about unity, which um, is just amazing mm-hmm. because we see this unity uh, not only in, in, you know, with Christ and, and because we have this unity in Christ, we're able to have relationships like Felicia and I have. Like, even though we don't know each other very personally, we're able to connect in, in, a, in a very special way because of Christ. Um, right. 
So I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And so Romans 8, 28, uh, 26 and 27 um, read, I had it divided and then I lost it. Sorry, guys. And the Holy okay. Spirit helps us. In our, <laughs> thank you. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And I have to tell, I have to share with you guys real quick. Um, this verse came to me in one of my loneliest of loneliest. And I think we've all come to that point at some point in our lives. When you find yourself completely lost and have, you can't seem to find the answer. You can't seem to find a way out to any, to your situation, right? Um, And so I vividly remember being in my closet, in my messy closet at that most too, (laughs) and on top of a pile of clothes, just crying out and saying, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to ask for. I just, I was completely lost. Uh, my my teenage daughter had repeated the same story. She had ran away from home, and I was just in utter loss. So this verse came to me, and the fact that it says that the Holy Spirit um, prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words, that to me was extremely personal. That to me was, oh my God, you love me this much that you also cry with me. Um, so I, I wanted to share that. And then um, there's so many other verses that have impacted my life in, in one or, way or another. Um, I probably like opened up the Bible, right? Like if, if we've know we've come to know Christ and we've come to um, be in his word, um, this verse might touch me a different way tomorrow in a different circumstance, right? Because God's word is, is living power. Um, and so I, I do, I did want to share those couple verses with you guys. Um, and I encourage you to meet with Jesus, come to his word and, and, you know, let him speak to you in, in the most, audible ways possible without audible and and if you've you've experienced that you know what i mean and so um i just want to thank felicia and cross for having me um you guys have been very quiet now (laughs) so um i'm open for like questions and and anything um concerns or comments anything that you think of oh gosh well i mean you're you're just so captivating so like um Really, really easy to be attentive to story time, right? Um, <laughs> I, I love, I, I love hearing people walk with Christ because I think that sometimes, even if we've gone to church for a long time, um, you know, I, I think, I think a lot of times we feel like other people's testimony is so different from ours because, uh. I know personally I became a Christian young. I, I would say I became a Christian young and ignorant, okay? Like I, I became a Christian, did not always know what I was getting myself into, did not have um, understanding and wisdom under my belt yet. And um, mm-hmm. because of that, I ended up falling into 
um, sin over and over again. For probably, I'm going to say, years of me walking with Christ, I had some major problems that were all due to me not being properly and appropriately yielded to the Lord and not knowing how to walk in the Spirit. Um, right. And I think that we, we feel isolated in that a lot of times. Like, oh, yeah, like everybody else became a Christian and they, they had no problems. <laughs> and and that's, not, that's not the case. Like, we all no. have this learning curve. I feel like Satan uses that to divide us, um, to make us feel like, yeah. well, there was something wrong with me when I came to Christ. I wasn't fully sanctified and stuff like that. And if people really knew what my early walk was like, um, I would be deemed unacceptable to to serve and unacceptable to, um, you know, be able to help lead and help shepherd people and help disciple people. And it's simply not the case. Like, if you read the testimony of the people in the Bible, they all threw it up too, and most of them well after they knew the Lord, um, you know. And and so it, it's that testimony of us being humble and saying, hey, I didn't get it right. It's by God's grace that I'm here that that makes all of us understand that God didn't choose us because we were perfect. He chose us because he loved us. He uses us because he still loves us and because he loves the rest of the world too and that he wants to reach his creation that was it, it was intended for perfection but has fallen out of grace with those who understand it, you know. Um, so beautiful testimony of how God reached you when you were young and even as you kind of walked off and did things on, on, our, on your own, which we all do, how God just doesn't stop pursuing you the love of his life. It's beautiful. And I want to thank you so much for sharing it. Did you oh, have anything sorry. else to say? He says, no, that was awesome. I'm a man of, of many. <laughs> <laughs> no, my pleasure. Thank you so much for this opportunity fully. Um, it's, it was great just to to be able to um, revisit, you know, like I said, when you're asked to, to speak of your testimony, our, our life or our walk with Christ takes us through so many ups and downs um, that it's like, okay, which part <laughs> of my life and which, where, where do I start, right? Um, but I think the most amazing part of this love story between um, God and, and us, you know, or, or God's love for us is just seeing how you can look back and where before you couldn't see his hand in your life, you're like, Oh my God, like God, you were there. You kept stretching your hand out to me. Even when I was three years old and I didn't understand who he was, even when I was eight, nine years old and trying to seek um, God in some way, somehow, but, really not knowing is, I don't, and you know, for, for him to enlighten, have enlightened me at such a young age, at nine years old, knowing that, you know, why am I talking to a priest? Why can't I come straight to you? Like, things like that. It's just so amazing how God's love is so profound for us. I agree. I absolutely agree. And I think um, this is probably the best time for us to bring it to a close so we can do a couple more commercials. And then we've got some Q&A, some questions and answers 
Pointed questions and I don't know where they. Oh yeah, they're pretty pointed at the end. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, So we'll talk a little bit more about that, and then we'll be all done. So uh, we'll see in just a couple of minutes. Hang on. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional. See life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars. There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Hello everyone, I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10 ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to Dynamic Word Bible Studies. As you know, this is the Q&A portion. We're going to talk a little bit about what we said during Bible study. If you have any questions, you want to answer the question, um, or you just have a question for our, our guest, Vanessa, you can give us a call. Um, the guest call-in number is 319-527-6208. That's 319-527-6208. Press 1 if you want to talk to us. Press 1 if you want to talk to us. Also, the chat room is open and available. Uh, if you key anything in there, I would be happy to share it on your behalf. Um, that's for our shy folks who don't actually want their voice over the, over the air. Um, so here's our first question. If somebody asks you to explain what it means by God is holy, what would you say? Oh, oh my goodness. The, um, the first Go thing ahead. that comes to mind is um, 
is it Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standards, like, I don't know, we holy of holies and and just perfect in in um its whole definition right and who who is perfect there's not one um so that's that's the first thing that comes to mind for me that's a good one cross did you have something to say yes so um (laughs) people are always like well, God's holy presence is so good, but there are a bunch of stories in the Old Testament about how people, if they entered the wrong way or they um, were unclean when they entered into God's presence, they died immediately. Sure. So sure. Uh, the, the so they're saying, wait, so how can something with its presence be so good but also be dangerous? And so um, I watched a video on this, and it said um, – Think of it as, like, this, think of God's presence as, like, the sun. The sun is um, holy because it, uh, it's bright. It gives life. And so uh, you could go even further and say that the whole area around the sun is holy. But if you think about it, if you get too close to the sun, then you get annihilated. Sure. But this doesn't make the sun unholy. It just means that uh, you need to, like, respect its limits and not uh, get too close. Like um, in Moses in the Burning Bush, he said, take off your sandals, don't come any closer, where you're standing is holy ground. Right. Uh, you know, another great parallel that they, that they make is like the crucible of a silversmith when they're purifying the gold yeah. or the silver. And the problem is that we view ourselves um, by our intentions usually, um, and we tend to think that our intentions are pretty good. But um, when we have the proper and appropriate view, we realize that we are the impurity. (laughs) (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. we are relying on God to make us holy because we're not holy on our own. You know, people a lot of times say, well, if God is so good, why does he allow evil in the world? Because in order to destroy evil, he'd have to destroy you. And he loves you and he wants you to turn to him so he can purify you. Um, Like that's the short explanation. And once we realize that we, you know, that it's, I, I I don't follow Taylor Swift, and I very seldom will ever make reference to her, but me, I'm the problem, it's me, right? Um, it's <laughs> literally, I'm the issue. And so if, if we go, God, just get rid of all the evil in the world, just understand that without the blood of Jesus Christ, I am a part of the list that's going. Um, yeah. and, and I can't stand to be doing this because I have none of that on my own. It's you. Hi, you're the problem, it's you. Exactly, exactly. Um, (laughs) Let's see here. (laughs) Where was Jesus at the moment of creation, and where is he now? Jesus was there through all the creation, the beginning of the earth. He was there. He was a master craftsman, right? He was a master craftsman. Okay, so where is he now? He's in heaven. He's in heaven, right? They're really specific about where in heaven he is, do you remember? Sitting at the right hand of God. That's right. Sitting at the right hand of God. So he hasn't ceased to exist. He's still there, sitting at the right hand of God the Father. Uh, he sits on the Bible, truly of Esther. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, you were good. So number three, what? why does Jesus submit to the Father, and does it make him inferior to the Father? 
So everyone has to submit to the father touches him. Oh, that's that's true. That's true. That is kind of the way it works. But but does uh, he do it because the father's like, mean and no. making him? Sometimes we don't submit because we're stupid humans. But um, <laughs> right. But uh, Jesus uh, can't do anything unless he gets approval from the father. Right, and he and he submits out of love, right? Neither can Satan, actually. That that's true. That's true. Um, Hollywood says Satan is like a loose cannon doing whatever he wants, but like it's so not true because he can't do anything without God signing the permission. Well, there's, there's also this whole thing about authority and how we turn authority over to Satan because we have authority, but when we submit to sin, then we relinquish Satan. little bits of our authority to Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, so so we are... Give Satan the power over us. It, it's back to question one, me, I'm the problem, it's me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I even, you know, and even in Romans, in Romans it says, you know, we were, we were once slaves to sin. So it, it, ultimately, no matter which, which way you decide to go, you're enslaving yourself to one or the other. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> um, the problem is me. So Cross is going to keep singing in Taylor Swift style. <laughs> I just put, I just take one of Dad's shirts uh, on my head to make it look like I had long hair. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not ever going to say that she's necessarily the pinnacle of, of, of following for Christianity or anything like that, but that particular song resonates with my lack of holiness. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So then, here's the other question: Is like, who do you submit to? That's the pointed one. <laughs> do we submit to God all the time? I mean, no. You know, like I, I want we're to. Honest, I try to. We're honest. <laughs> right, right. But if we're being real, like there's a a heavy price to pay to move in the spirit of God, and that is to, like, utter abandon of yourself. Um, and I haven't perfected that yet. I, I hope someday I do, <laughs> you know, and I'm working on it and I'm trying. But, you know, um, yeah, sometimes I submit to my flesh, too. Um, and, and sometimes I submit to God. And, and part of it is getting to a place where I can submit to the Holy Spirit in ever-increasing ways and in ever-increasing moments that that when you look at me, I hope at some point it's seeing me submitting to God. Um, but, you know, like, then there's me. I, I'm still me. <laughs> um, and then... What did you say? The it's me part? It's, yeah, it's... Oh, he's going to do it again. Okay, it's, it's, me. it's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> And this is why you have the fun, the fan club, and I don't. <laughs> no, my friend Kelly Annie Lee that song, like, on repeat, like, I literally have right now. Got you. Okay, we'll, we'll blame it on Kelly Annie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, thanks to you, I'm going to have that song stuck in my head all day. I know, right? It's fine. She's not listening. <laughs> I'm certain. Uh, yeah, now we're going to have a whole new perspective every time we hear, we hear that. We're like, yeah, God, it is definitely me. I'm sorry. I'm working, ah. on, I'm working on it. I'm trying. Like, go listen to Antihero. Just 
you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's Just rough. be like, yep, it's, it's me. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So then here's the question is, how can I submit, how can you submit uh, more completely to God every day? I know, right? Oh, he's going to come up with a, um, what do they call it, a redeemed version or a, uh, I think it's called the parody. Oh, you know, they have, right, right, right. No, there's, there's a couple of guys that like come up with secular songs and they come up with like, <gasps> you've seen them, right? I don't yeah. remember their name. You I'll have to give them a shout out next time. Cause they're, they're awesome. They're hilarious. And they, they come up with remixed versions of songs where they put godly lyrics in there. So maybe we need I to. Yes, they did. Mariah Carey's Christmas song. Um, which was the only version of that oh, song I, I ever liked. Oh, I have to check them so, out. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. They're really great. And I love that they they can take, like, whatever song and they, they put, like, holy lyrics to them. It's really cute. It's really cute. Okay. So so how can I co- submit more completely to God? Um, okay, let me out myself. Like, I always have plans for the day, and I always know what I'm going to do. Me too. Uh, like, is that really that are copied off of your plans? Cut. Your plans are my plans. My right? plans are your plans. Isn't that really smart and arrogant <laughs> of me that I think that I know what I'm going to do for the day? So my plans tonight are going to acting class. Your plans are driving me to acting class. <laughs> right? So <laughs> They are one. <laughs> right? That's, that's true. But maybe I should, like, you know, ask God what he would like me to do with my day. You know what? We should mm-hmm. do that on. There was a lot of silence after that. We should do that on Thursday mornings when we have, like, nothing. Uh, really, we should do that every day. I mean, yeah, but, like, Fridays. Oh. Like, I cringe just saying the word Friday. He goes, he goes, what if God doesn't want you to do what I want you to do? That's, that's, that's what this is about, right? This is, this yes. is hard. Like, what if God me to do what I want to do. <laughs> yes. But you know what the beauty him, of, right? of the Lord, yes, and the beauty of the Lord and in, in, in the sanctification process, right, um, eventually, not as much as we should probably, but eventually our, he starts changing our heart and our minds to love and want what he loves and wants. Right. Right. So it goes right. back to that and unity, you know? Right. I, I saw that, you know, they have this really great meme of this little girl holding this raggedy teddy bear and, and Jesus hold, holding this much bigger teddy bear behind his back. And he says, just give yeah. it to me. I have something better. Um, but it's really funny that, like, I've always thought it was really cute. But in my experience, it, it really isn't like that. It's give it to me. There's no real strings attached. Like, what God wants is technically better, but I may, may not perceive it as better at the time. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, in we may not even ways, see it at the time. Right. In, in very real ways, yeah. often we're giving up, like, really important things to us, and we just have to have faith and hope that what God is doing in and for us is better because we can't see eternity. So we're not exchanging a teddy bear for our teddy bear. We're exchanging a teddy bear for something we can't see, understand, perceive, and we're just trusting God that it's going to be better because it may not be the thing that comes up in our everyday life. And sometimes it feels like we're sacrificing so much for God and to live for God and to do things for God because 
we don't get to do the fun thing we wanted to do, and, and, and it doesn't come back as a bigger, better, shinier teddy bear. You know what I'm saying? But but maybe it was never the teddy bear to begin with. You know? <laughs> got, got, yeah, and I didn't uh, cross up here snapping because that's that's what we used to do when we were like, oh yeah, that's that's a god point right there, right? Um, yeah. Go ahead, Vanessa. definitely. You know, and you know, going back to my testimony, and and not that I want to bring this back to me, but when I gave up my relationship at age 14, uh, my husband's relationship. Um, at the time, he was a boy, and he wanted to be with all the girls, and I knew that me giving that up was like, oh, I already know what's going to happen. It's not going to go well, but little did I know that God event- God meant for us to be together either way, and here we are 21 years married later, and we often talk about if we, if only we would have had the right guidance, if only we would have had the, the right um, discipleship. Um, where would our, our life have been, and we would have not gone through um, part of the stuff that's part of my testimony now, which, you know, God allowed in, in a way um, for us to learn each in our own ways how to be a better husband, how to be a better wife to each other. But um, it goes, once again, to God can see the future, and he knows where um, where our lives are going and so it goes back to that that bigger teddy bear, bigger and better things that he has for his children. And and if we as human want the best for our kids, how much more God for us? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, I think we're coming to a close. We're at the time limit. And I don't think that I can say anything better than Vanessa just said. That's just it. <laughs> like she she topped it all. That was the, the cherry on the Sunday. Um, yeah, so so we're gonna look at that. Uh, Cross, did you want to pray for our, for our guests, for our listeners, and and just guess pray us out? Guests and listeners, amen. Wow. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you did for us. Thank you that we had an awesome show, and uh, we hope that uh, the rest of our guest day goes really well. Um, and we hope that uh, you bless our family. Uh, we just hope that any of our listeners today would uh, have a great rest of the week and the rest of the new year. Um, and we just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I just, Amen. wow, this, this, particular, this particular study and this testimony just humbled me today. And, like, I feel so blessed for, like, you know, I, we do we do a lot of work behind the scenes getting this show to go. But I, I feel so blessed for having been a part of this episode. And thank you for blessing us, Vanessa. With your story, oh, thank you. Um, you with your testimony, man, just a beautiful thing when we can see the redemptive work of God, and um, yeah. we're so thankful for you. So oh, thanks for, for, for the opportunity. Coming. All right. Well, you have a great day. Everybody have a wonderful day, and we will see you guys next week with our new episode, and we do have a new guest, so I'm excited Ooh. to make some announcements on that soon. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.